Hey guys, welcome back to the Protecting Nest Podcast. I'm Chris, you just call me Dodson, your writer for the New Orleans Pelicans from Forbes Sports. Today I got Coach Roy from Delgado Community College with me just to talk a bit about how the program's going, his background in New Orleans basketball, and how he's going to react to the pandemic and his advice to any any potential players out there. Coach, how you doing? What's going on, Dodson? Uh, just, just relaxing, man. Memorial Day, just a little bit of barbecue, man, and you know, just relaxing. I hear you. You're not training, doing any training videos, making any players go through the work and the grind. You're giving everybody a day off and enjoying yourself, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just a, just a relaxation, man, and just you know, looking forward to being back at the grind zone. Yeah. Well, explain your your own personal grind. What's been your What's your background in basketball in general? New Orleans basketball. Where'd you learn your game? How'd your game bring you to to New Orleans? Man, I mean, I've been in New Orleans, you know, my whole life. Uh, basketball at Brother Martin. I was fortunate enough to have some really good coaches that, you know, have a, a lasting impact on me, the way that they coach the game, the way that they taught it. So I've always put that with me as far as, you know, teaching these guys and developing, man. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been developing kids for probably like the last six or seven years, um, just doing skill work and just working with individual sessions throughout the city. Yeah, well, what's been your message to the players while away from campus? How can they stay in shape, keep their mind right, stay stay mentally ready for whenever we do get a return back to some sort of normalcy? Well, the biggest thing is, is I mean, just being committed, you know, being committed to the craft. I mean, I tell a lot of guys, you know, right now is the time to where you can be a student of the game. You can study a lot. Um, you can spend your time. I mean, even if you're away from the gym now, you can keep your body in shape, you know, running. Um, what I've been doing basically I've been sending out a ton of film, and I've been pinpointing different things that I've watched throughout the season with college basketball, with NBA, and, you know, even with our game footage, you know, just locking in on certain topics and just kind of putting pieces together so that the guys can understand, you know, just help side better, just uh, make any extra pass, um, just widening to develop the mid-range, just, you know, the, basically just answering the why questions that they may be thinking at, just trying to put forth, um, just some type of development while we're away from the gym. Gotcha. Well, that's a lot of X and O's trying to get you, you know, ready for the situation before the situation presents itself. But what else is like the pandemic giving you time to do as far as a life coach versus a, a basketball coach? How do you find some ways to turn this negative into a positive, I guess, in that aspect? Well, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I mean, I haven't had this much time off in the past. This is actually, I'm going into my seventh season. I, I coached um, five years in high school basketball, three at Lusher High, one at Warren Easton, one at St. Aug, and this past season, I coached at uh, Delgado. And this has been my first break, I'll be honest, man. I was doing AAU, um, and then going from AAU and going straight to high school basketball, and then going from high school basketball to training, and then AAU, and it's just been a, it's just been a cycle, I mean, these past you know, six or seven years. And this right here is, is pretty much just let me you know, recharge my battery. I mean, like I said, man, I've been just, you know, studying film and, and just, you know, just taking those self-examinations, just, just basically looking at myself in the mirror like, okay, well, this is what I need to improve on because, you know, I'm one of those coaches where I would never tell a player to do something that I don't do. So when I'm telling them, getting it in, I'm sending these guys like, okay, well, you should be doing two and three miles a day. You know, I'm out there, you know, trying to get my, you know, myself in the best shape possible. When I'm telling those guys they need to study, you know, I'm doing it. I'm studying it before I'm sending it. And then, you know, we're recapping it together. So as far as talking to the players, I mean, I mean, just, you know, just 
checking out with their psyche and with, you know, just with their mental right now. A lot of these guys have been playing basketball nonstop since they were 10 years old, so they don't understand what a break is. So, you know, just them having to um, just kind of relax away from the gym now, but still staying in great shape is, is more of a, a, a mental thing because a lot of these kids, they just want to be in the gym or they want to be on the court. So it's just kind of, it's just a different um, a different side of the game that some of these guys aren't used to. We're having to get them to understand that they still have to be locked in uh, away from the gym. Yeah, how do you stay locked in if you, you, for some players, this might be their summer of recruitment. For you, it's hard to recruit players that aren't playing, and it's hard as a player not playing to get recruited. Is, do you see any kind of like bridge gap year or some lost year of a generation, not maybe a generation, but just a lost year of talent that's just going to by the wayside because of this pandemic? Or do you see ways as a coach that you can keep keep those kids involved? guys, I mean, we've all been in a court and a guy walks on the court, right, and he just, he's like, listen, I'm going to hit this shot, and he just gets the ball from somebody that's playing and just shoots it and makes it, so that's confidence, that's mental. They have guys that work at their game constantly, don't have the confidence to go ahead and just knock down that shot consistently, and see, they have the skill, but they lack the confidence, so I think that it, I don't think it, it hurts this generation in a sense. I think that this generation is, is basically, they're having to fight. I mean, even before so, like the high school kids, the high school kids are having to compete against the junior college kids. They're having to compete against the um, transfers. They're having to compete against you know, so many things, especially in a, a state like Louisiana, man. Our kids, you know, I always say this, you know, they're under-recruited. We're down here. We're in a football city. And we have really good football talent, but we also have really good basketball talent. So our kids right now, they can't look at it as a crutch. They have to go harder. So right now, it's basically like, man, you know, you got to get it in. You got to work out because as soon as this is over, the kids that would have been playing AAU since late March, you know, they missed out a few months of it. So they're probably going to get thrown in the water in July, and they're going to have to compete, and they're going to have to show out. I mean, these, these coaches, and you know, it's easy access with the internet. We can see who's doing what, but we also want to, communicate we want to see what type of person these kids are we want to see you know um you know how they compete against others we want to see their work ethic and you know with with them not being able to play spring aau it, it was a big hit but it's not going to last long because i mean most likely the events will be back in july once they happen in july and then they'll probably extend some stuff out so some guys are probably playing some tournaments um maybe late june and maybe even a little bit of august so they just have to use this as a time to just just grind it out, to make it happen. And you know, the the biggest thing that I'm looking at is is that the guys that were on the bubble of getting a scholarship or came off a, a good high school season, you know, I just don't want them. And I'm talking to a lot of kids about this. You know, don't lose confidence. I know that you know some of these kids were looking into, and I have to have a good spring. I have to have that. And that's you know, that's all fun and dandy, but. You just have to look at it as, okay, it happened. I can't do anything about it. The only thing I can do is, you know, take care of business moving forward. So I think these kids will be fun. And I think you just have to, you know, consistently motivate them and just get them to understand that, you know, everyone is going through the same thing right now, not just particular people. That's good advice, Coach. Uh, uh, looking at that extended timeline and the extended calendar you talked about, what's been the most challenging aspect, uh, like the daily administration of your program? Just keeping the college program at Delgado 
standing, keeping it visible, keeping it viable, keeping it as an option for maybe some of these local kids that might get overlooked now because of this, they still have an avenue to a degree and to a basketball court. And, I mean, I, I tell these kids all the time, uh, you can look at the amount of players that have, that have went on from junior college and went to these four-year schools. I mean, the list is crazy when it comes to the NBA. And, you know, one thing that we're trying to do at Delgado is just, you know, give kids that are from Louisiana, that are from, you know, down this way, homegrown kids, an opportunity to further their education, further their playing career. And from that point, if you take care of business and you go to a four-year school, you go to a four-year school. But our goal is to here is to put them, you know, give them an opportunity and put them in a situation to where they can succeed. And they can, you know, come here, knock on two years of their schooling, get their associate's degree, graduate with that, and go on to a four-year school and take care of business. And I look at it as this, man. I mean, we have four kids. We have a kid from Doyle, Louisiana. Um, we have a kid from White Castle. And we have two kids that are from down in New Orleans uh, that's coming. And we have uh, two other kids, two, two other kids that are coming in as transfers. And, you know, I mean, we're excited, you know, about the opportunity just being able to put together a roster with homegrown talent. I mean, it's, I've always said this. I mean, you know, just like Texas and just like some of the other states, I mean, you know, they get a lot of in-house talent because, I mean, the state is so big. And Louisiana isn't the biggest state, but in this, in the boot, we have some really talented players. And, uh, you know, I started this search, you know, in November, just kind of looking at the particular players' programs. I, I, you know, studied them. I mean, off of the AAU season, I just followed them. And, you know, pretty much right now, you know, we feel like we put together a really solid roster of kids that are going to capitalize on coming here to a junior college in New Orleans, perfect area right by City Park, you know, and then being able to, you know, further their education and hopefully um, take it to the next level, go to a four-year school, you know, probably get that bachelor's degree and, you know, just, just continue to move up and, you know, just, just be able to uh, be able to take care of business in the real world, you know? Yeah, yeah, that definitely, because what, less than 1% are actually going pro, right? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody isn't going to go pro, you know. Now, a lot of these guys, they're thinking NBA or bust, but, you know, some of these guys are really skilled, and they don't realize there's a whole other world overseas. You know, I've worked with a lot of guys that, you know, play overseas and that have, you know, made a, made a great living. They went to school, went a four-year school. They graduated. They finished up. They got in shape. They, they you know, they, they bet on themselves, and they went overseas, and, you know, they're doing well. I mean, they're really doing well. And then there's some guys, you're not, you might not be a professional after, but if you're not going to be a professional after, I think at the end of the day, I think the, the biggest thing is, is that you can get as much education through your talent. If you're a guy that, you know, you're going to be a four-year school player, just make sure you get your degree. Make sure, you know, you utilize, you know, every bit of it, because that's what it's about. I mean, it's about being a student athlete. And it's, you know, just, just mainly about, you know, just being able to, um, capitalize on opportunity, and that's what I definitely preach to my players. You know, we want to turn, you know, we want to turn, put, uh, you know, potential into production. That's that's big for me. Yeah, that's a good motto. How do you keep that opportunity going? Like just the back end, me writing for Forbes. Where not not that I'd put too much on finances for the podcast, but how do, how does the program keep going without, uh, I guess, fans coming to the games? 
maybe being able to do your summer activities that would be fundraisers. How, how's the program doing that way? Is it? it and I mean, well, we have we have a great athletic director, uh, and he's doing a great job of you know being able to um, get the program funded and being able to get you know people in there. We actually we didn't charge at all this past season, and you know we had some some really good crowds on some particular days. That's what we want to continue to do, and that's big. You know, like you were saying, been you know doing fundraisers and doing this type of stuff. Like normally, right now we'll probably be doing you know hitting a wave and doing some small workouts and stuff like that. And, you know, that's right now. You know, during the season, I mean, that's what we want to do. We want to, you know, we want to continue to, to build a brand and continue to build a program. And we want it to be, you know, flooded out with us having our games free, you know, for, for the people, you know, in this area in New Orleans. I mean, we're recruiting local kids. Our gym should be packed, you know, on a nightly basis. And that's what we want to continue to. We want to continue to build a name and, and just build a rep and, you know, it's, it's just a fine institution, and we want to, you know, outside of academics, we want to let everybody know that, you know, we have a great baseball program. I mean, we have one of the best in the country, and we want to, we want to, you know, follow it not so much in their footsteps, but we want to continue to, um, just, you know, just have a have an excellent approach on, on the outlook of everyone else. We want everyone to understand we have two great programs here. Yeah, sorry about that. It is more fun to play in front of packed gyms, packed houses, packed stadiums. But you a Pelicans fan, or did you grow up cheering for another team and never switch loyalties oh, man, over? I'm a, I'm a Pelicans fan, man. I'm a Pelicans fan. I mean, I, you know, I grew up. I grew up as a Chicago Bulls guy, and you know, just you know, wanting to go outside, dribble my basketball at, at 7 a.m., waking up the neighbors, thinking I'm Michael Jordan. But as far as this Pelicans team, man, I love it, man. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big Duke fan. So this is this is Duke South. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I love this. Well, it used to be Kentucky South, so the Duke South might change within a few years. But uh, since you, <laughs> since you was a Bulls fan, you want to tell what what you think about the last uh, dance documentary? Was it too much pro Jordan and not enough fair play to the other t- other teammates, or is that just the way life is when you're Michael Jordan? I think that I think when you're Michael Jordan, I think I put Michael Jordan in the same class as, as some of the other icons, and I'm not saying that he's above anyone as far as a person, but I feel like what he did, and uh, he pushed the culture to limits that many can't. You know what I mean? Some guys can sing, or some guys can shoot basketball, or some guys can, you know, do particular things, but he was just, uh, he was an icon, because he was just, you know what I mean? He was just him, and everything about Michael Jordan led to this big fanfare, and I think they did a good job. I think they did a really good job on the documentary. I love the way they highlighted Steve Kerr, Scotty Pippen. I mean, even to Horace Grant and some of the other guys. And you know, I remember, I, I remember, I started watching um, closer to when they started to kind of pick up and start to win games. This was, I think, it was like right after the USA, right after the Dream Team. I started watching like I think it was like '92, '93, and um, I remember watching. And I was in a, I was in a hospital. Now I'm looking at it as, okay, well, this is, 
Oh yeah, yeah. They they made the league what it is today in in a big sense, in a big way. But uh, looking back, you're watching old games. What do you think about the NBA's return? How the Pelicans are going to do in the future? Let us know about that, and then we'll let you enjoy your Memorial Day. Man, well, I think that if, I mean, I, hopefully to give us enough games to where we can fight for that eighth spot, because I feel like the way we were closing out the season, we had a legitimate shot to get in at that eighth spot. I mean, I had, I had some people, I was talking to some guys about it, and I was like, Man, they're going to play the Clippers or they'll play the Lakers in that first round. They're going to make noise. It's just uh, it's just an experience thing. It's just kind of gaining that experience so that, you know, in the next couple of years, those guys, they went through it. So they battled a tough team and, you know, moving forward, they have it and then they can just build off of it. I'm, I'm really interested to see the format and see how they will let the guys compete for, for those final spots. And because, you know, it's just it's, everything is up in the air right now. And, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to see what they do in this year's draft and what we'll do moving forward, man. But, but I'm a big fan of Zion. I mean, I, I love Zion. I watched last year. I really wanted them to win a national championship. You know, I had a tough one against a skilled, well-coached, experienced Michigan State team. And, you know, they, they just they lost. But, I mean, I'm excited to, to see what can really happen with that, um, you know, with that organization moving forward. Oh, yeah, likewise, likewise. It, it's going to be very interesting to watch them move forward. But, yeah, it, beyond that, that's all That's all I had for the day, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. Go get you some barbecue. Bring you on hopefully in a couple weeks once we get back to playing, and I'll see you at the courts in a few weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, Dr. Man. Appreciate you guys, man. Enjoy your day as well.